0: Six, five, four, three, two, one. How about we do it again? Six, seven, four, three, two, one. Okay. Let's try one I think I'm more than. i i And will make him reveal. Make him reveal. Six, six, six. Five. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Welcome to episode four of Rank and Review. This is the show where I Force feed my friends six genre movies and make them rank them from their least favorite to their favorite. My name's Larry Parsons and today I'll be asking my friend Terry Schroll to look at six movies on the subject of bedeviled. That is movies involving demons, devils, exorcisms, and whatnot. So without further ado, enjoy episode four of Rank and Review. Oh, by the way, beware of spoilers and naughty language. But like, come on, we're all grown-ups, aren't we? So, yeah, this would be episode four of Rank and Review, this time with my dear friend Terry Schroll and, oh. and beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not doing this so bad. <laughs> why would you? Um, you sp- specifically chose the, the subject of bedeviled with... Uh, you know, dealing with demons and exorcism and the devil, because you said you find them particularly creepy. Oh, uh, is that what I said? That's what you said. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, looking at the at the selection, at least the three that I knew. Right. Okay. Yeah. Creepy. Right. Um, did, were you raised specifically like religious? Is there a reason? Is there something? <laughs> well, I'm Catholic. Okay. So then, uh,
1: obviously with the, with the movies that deal with exorcism, okay, I have a, a little bit of knowledge about that, but you know, be, besides that, no, it's really just about, you know,
0: ooh, what if,
1: you yeah. know, that kind of creepy feeling.
0: I was raised sort of under a vague Christian doctrine, but we were not churchgoers. Uh, we would say grace at the table when we were at my grandparents' house. Sure. And I, I sort of consider myself religiously unaffiliated <laughs> these days. Um, so, I don't have the specific paranoia, of uh, uh about that some people live would... oh, no, but like you would have to go to Catholic school.
1: Right. You know, you'd have to, uh, you have to come from that place of guilt being installed into you and
0: fear. The devil is a real thing yes, and he is then, watching you. Yeah. Then. You get it, or at least you're tripped into getting it. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're told when you're a little kid that this sort of like this evil version of Santa Claus mm-hmm. has always got his eye on yes. you and he's writing a list anytime yeah. you do something bad.
1: And then once, and then the movies have given us this whole new uh, 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 of what he looks like, and it's not you know ho oh, oh, ho oh, ho with the pitchfork, you know, right. and the horns and so. Oh no, it's it's creepier, right? And, <laughs> and far more uh, the
0: subterfuge and everything that comes along with Satan. Yeah. Oh. And uh, I would mark one of these movies specifically as one of the scariest movies that I've ever seen, period. Um, and that's coming from a place of not particularly deep religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. But some people get really messed up about it. Some people don't oh, like totally. to watch it. Uh, there's a movie, it's not one of the ones we're talking about, but uh, The Last Exorcism, which has like a kind of a cheesy special feature on the, the DVD menu. It's uh, a prayer that you can recite. <laughs> To protect yourself from demonic influence, oh. from watching a movie on the subject of the death. Wow. I know, I know. So it's a very real fear in people. Uh, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah it absolutely. It sure makes money, too, doesn't it? Yes. Um, what do you think of horror movies in general? Uh, I've, people keep asking me why I'm doing the podcast, and part of the podcast is figuring out why I'm doing it. And the answer I've been giving is that I don't think that horror movies are respected and or understood by People as a rule, but certainly by critics. So, uh. Well,
1: I mean, I can understand that in, 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 particularly with the, the genre of comedy. I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, I mean, well, no, not necessarily. Anyway, getting back to your question, horror movies I'm kind of hot and cold about. Right. More cold than hot. Because there's so many few really, really good horror movies. That's because we haven't made one yet. The, you know, <laughs> the, there have been good if, if, in this broad genre called horror, right? There have been just dynamite movies. And, I mean, if, when I look at my top ten list of movies, my favorite movies, most of them are actually out of the 80s, believe it or not, but a couple of them are
0: actually horror movies. Which, which is, is a capital h horror movies? Are you talking about, like, Ghostbusters or something like no, this? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no.
1: no. It, um, uh, it, one of them would be um, The Thing. John Carpenter's oh, thing Love which it. is which is just a, and and more more to the point not because like the dog's head explodes you know and then everyone's like oh my god no 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 it's the paranoia that's portrayed by everyone on that base
0: somebody so, here is not who they yes, say they are
1: yes and they're very very good at doing it and they could be right next to you and before you know it you're it you know <laughs> and you have no idea that was not that's just such a great premise and why that movie was so effective. Of course, the dog's head suddenly splitting open was really cool, too. The dude's chest popping open, that was
0: really cool. But it's as much about the story as it is about anything Oh, Absolutely, absolutely. Great movie. So, you, that's good. You're versed in horror movies. I wasn't uh, forcing you to eat a sour meal, necessarily. Not necessarily. <laughs> Although, I, I do have a couple of things to say about a couple of the movies that you did make me smile. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, we should talk about the movies that we are going to mention. Um, we have the classic Exorcist by uh, William Friedkin. Actually, this is the second episode in a row where we discuss a William Friedkin uh, William Friedkin directed Bug. Really? Karen Giese and I were discussing that. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, Speaking of John Carpenter, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Yes. uh, He considers this part of his Apocalypse trilogy, the first being The Thing, the second being this movie, the third being uh, In the Mouth of Madness. Oh. Um, We have Sam Raimi's first film, The Evil Dead. Classic. We have uh, The House of the Devil, which is a popular cult choice uh, from up-and-comer Ty West. Ty West. Um, the, and then we have two, in quotation marks, based on a true story, <laughs> horror movies, The Exorcism of Emily Rose and uh, The Rite. Uh, the Rite's based on a, a book that came out recently about uh, courses that priests at the Vatican can take to teach them how to conduct exorcism. And this movie came out in, what, 2010? I think, well, I think it's like 11. Or, well, it's relatively new. It's really new, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let me we'll just let people know who you are a little bit here. Okay. Terry and I have done a lot of acting on stage together, and, uh, Terry directed a short film that I wrote, and there's done a couple of things. We went to the, uh, prestigious Yorkton Film Festival together, and would you say we've done hundreds of shows together? <laughs> Probably. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> we got, we got totally screwed out of that award, too, didn't we? Totally. Totally. Yeah, we were competing with a, a show that's
0: airing A TV on a, show. Yeah, exactly. Which apparently, is a short film. Yeah. I did not. Did you know that? I didn't. I didn't, did not know I, didn't that. I didn't know that people that were making films with the, you know, their little handheld digital camera was going we going to be competing with the nature of things. Yeah. I thought that was kind of crazy, but uh Larry
1: got very
0: drunk. I did get very drunk. He started, he
1: started calling on cast members of um of Corner Gas. Gas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> In a perfect world it would have ended with me punching out the mayor from Corner Gas. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do, Larry. Okay, sit down, Larry. <laughs> All right, well, uh are you ready to talk about some of these movies? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. I don't care about my reputation.
1: What I care about is telling Emily Rose's story. church many races, the Easter guardian and protector.
0: The Lord has entrusted the souls to be led heaven. of to our Do you understand how long they can put you away for this? I want people to hear what only I can tell. And what is that?
1: What really happened to Emily and
0: why? Okay, so first thing we're going to talk about in our uh, six movies on the topic of bedeviled is a film called The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which is one of the films that is purported to be based on a true story. Although the true story involved, I believe, a Russian or Ukrainian girl, um, and there was a court case in which uh two priests and her parents were put on trial as to see whether or not they were responsible for this woman's death. Was this American? Uh the film is American. The story, right. I believe, happened uh, overseas. But, oh, okay. Uh, they, of course, adapted. But, but it's beginning to make more sense now. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the central sort of premise that the film sort of grabs hold of is the fact that in a court of law, they uh, are debating whether or not a priest can, you know, is held responsible mm-hmm. for a, a woman who, spoilers, sure. she died. Sure. Uh is it his fault because she wasn't getting proper... That was a beer. She's not getting proper medical attention? Oh, or is he responsible? Larry, I'm just going to say,
1: I have to drink talking about
0: this movie. Okay, okay. so you're not a fan. Okay. Oh, we'll get that out of the way for, right away. Um, Tom Wilkinson plays the priest in in this, and uh, Laura Linney plays uh, a, a non-believer who is put in the position of defending him. And I guess she doesn't have to sign up and say she believes, but she has to legally prove in court that he... Is not responsible
1: and she does say at the at
0: the onset that she's very gung-ho
1: about doing it because she's trying to become a partner Mm -hmm. with uh, like she wants her
0: name on the uh she's motivated on the envelopes Yeah. yeah yeah okay um and campbell scott is the prosecuting attorney and he's he's a believer he's all in and he uh though believes that you know this man is a man of God and faith. He he also is taking the tract that what he did was wrong and irresponsible. You don't bring out the crosses and the holy water. You you take this girl to a hospital and you make her well. So I am getting that you were not a big fan of the exorcism of Emily Rose. Why not? What was your big issues with the film?
1: It was interesting that you started off that um, she was trying to prove that the priest. Um, it was, it was it, the the whole thing about the movie is that it's trying
0: to prove that the priest was was negligible. He's on trial for being negligent. And in yes. order to prove that she wasn't, she basically has to say that he was actually doing an exorcism. Right. Which would be conclusively saying in a court of law that demonic possession exists. Right. That's the interesting fact about the, the case. The interesting, and frankly as far as I'm concerned, as the movie
1: unfolded, this is the only point that the movie is trying to put... It, 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 it's essentially, it's We've left it up to the lawyers to prove that Satan exists because neither faith nor science can do it anymore. And this has been proved either way over and over again. So let's let the lawyers decide.
0: Yeah, and the fact that that this did happen in a courtroom, and uh, the priests were found guilty. Okay, um, but like you said,
1: what courtroom?
0: Yeah, Uh, are we talking remnants of the old Stalin regime (laughs) or something like that? I'd have to get. For all we know, what year was this from? Oh, this was in the late '60s, I believe. Yeah, you go. Um, Please forgive me my errors and judgment here. Uh, I'm really gonna make more of a point to have my notes in front of me when I'm doing these podcasts. But the case that. The exorcism of Emily Rose is based on is uh, based on a court case from actually 1978. The victim was an Annalise Michelle, and uh, yeah, there were two priests and the parents put on trial and uh, asked to be made responsible for a death. Ultimately, the accused were found guilty of manslaughter resulting from negligence, and they were sentenced to six months in jail, which was later suspended, and then three years of probation. It was a far lighter sentence than anticipated, but it was more than requested by the prosecution, who had asked that the priests only be fined and that the parents be found guilty but not punished. During the trial, the major lingering issues were related to the church itself. A not guilty verdict could be seen as an opening the gate to a more exorcism attempts and possibly the same unfortunate outcomes, but for the most part, experienced observers believed the effect would be the opposite, that merely bringing charges of negligent negligent homicide against priests and parents would provoke changes and more caution. Where died in her home in July of 1976, and according to the autopsy, the cause of death was malnutrition and dehydration. But, I mean, there are people who take it really seriously uh-huh. the the uh, The priests were uh-huh. convicted, but uh, they were like fined and slapped on the wrists, <laughs> and the parents were convicted, but they were basically sentenced for time served in pain and suffering. They were made uh, you know yeah. big it public. sounds to me
1: like they just wanted the problem to go away, and i 'm talking about the original the actual events of where
0: this movie came from but this this the I wish I could remember her name the woman that this story was based on. Her grave is like a site of pilgrimage for religious people. Even she's sort of a uh, she's not an official saint, but she's in you know uh, some sort of religious mecca for certain because people. Because she had an evil spirit in her. Because people believe that she is proof that there was an evil spirit ah, in her, okay, so. and that she died uh, for the sins of and the young and of the day, and, right? there, and thereby proving
1: the existence of God.
0: Yeah, right. it's, okay. it's validating to their belief system. Yeah. Um,
1: Mr. Satan, isn't it true that on the, on the day of October 12th, you
0: possessed, you know, well, they they put, what was, what was on trial? Yeah. Well, there was a murder case. Emily died. Was he negligent? Is Mm -hmm. he responsible for, by negligent homicide? That in itself would have been interesting. That would have been, but
1: the way that this movie was packaged was exorcism, (laughs) Satan. You know, evil, that sort of thing. If they had actually just made this as a courtroom drama, I might have been interested in it. Well, why, why I instead she's waking up at three o'clock in the morning.
0: What's that? <laughs> Well, and when they attempt to scare us with Laura Linney's character, they fail. Mm -hmm. But when they're showing us the backstory of Emily Rose, I think there's some creepy stuff. And I appreciate, because it is a court case, that we see both sides of the story. We see what it would be like, by Tom Wilkinson's perspective, that she was possessed of a demon. Mm -hmm. And we see Campbell Scott's perspective, that she was a schizophrenic and an epileptic, and that... She did act out in these crazy, bizarre ways, and she did have a deep-held belief belief that would help you know, her to express it in that specific way. I'll, 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 I'll totally get that, you know. Like on its face, and the fact that they were sort of blending the Exorcism movie with a Law and Order type of format was different. I hadn't seen it before. I, I, I just think the whole thing fails miserably
1: yeah. because it's pick a road, right? The thing is, is that by this, by calling it that. What are they trying to do? The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Make a horror movie. Yeah. and that's not what this was. They threw a lot of money at this movie. They threw they, they at that time. When did this come out? Two this, thousand and or is according to the DVD rather? case, which is very hard to yeah, read. Yeah, I need glasses too.
0: <laughs> I want to say two thousand and five. It's in very fine print. If I'm wrong, I will fix that in the (laughs) end. It was filmed in Vancouver. I know that. A lot of Canadian actors in supporting roles (laughs) spotted the chief from uh, Battlestar Galactica in like a two-line role and stuff like this. But this is one of those things where
1: as soon as it started and as soon as you started to figure out where this movie is going, and I'm very good at that, I can figure this out where this movie is going, Mm -hmm. right off the bat... Um, when 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 did Tom Wilkinson get big? It was after sort of, uh, and wasn't he nominated for something at that time? She was in also, the bedroom. He would recently been nominated for in the bedroom, and she was nominated. You can count on me. Yeah. And so this is around the same time, right? Yeah. Two Oscar is, nominees in one yeah, yeah, yeah. movie. Yeah. This is a contract film. You think? Oh, totally. They wouldn't touch this with a with a ten foot pole. I don't know. Uh, Tom Wilkinson Tom has Wilkinson. been in some shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But you know, as far as this is concerned, he kind of phoned it in. Yeah. And as car and as far as she's concerned, I think she kind of phoned it in too. I, I think they got enough money to justify themselves being in it, mm-hmm. and they threw a lot of money at the film, and I bet you it it. Was in the theater for what a week maybe, and then I she's think it, gone. it it did
0: reasonably well. Oh. I don't, I don't have the figures there, in front of me. And I bet
1: you there were a lot of disappointed people.
0: Too. They <laughs> well, just because what were they expecting? They wanted a horror movie, yeah. and they got something a little yeah. smarter than your typical horror movie. I would it's, argue, it, it, at maybe. least trying to be. I mean, if I it was guess. just another movie about someone I being possessed guess. and. Uh, we've seen the quintessential movie on, on possession, but, but, and we're gonna talk about it later yes, tonight. Yes, uh, But
1: every, but every time they're in the courtroom, you know, again, it's like, I, I fully expect Satan to come in, out and out. Know,
0: <laughs> I know, now call Satan being, you know, as a witness, yes.
1: You know, and then the fast
0: talking liar,
1: you know, that sort of thing. It, 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 it was, it was comically, and it just laid flat after about 45 minutes, and I didn't care.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, uh, where, where I do, I, I disagree with you. Overall, in the movie, because I would I would say that I liked it overall. I wouldn't say it was amazing. Oh, Larry! (laughs) Shame on me. Um, I will say that it's the flashbacks. It's all the stuff with Emily when she first goes off to college, and we see the differing perspectives: what Emily sees, what uh, we think that the prosecutor would see, what what Tom Wilkinson character says happened. I think all of that stuff was really well done, well acted, and pretty creepy. The stuff in the courtroom was less creepy, but it it was was, interesting. It was
1: like there's two different movies battling to be the the better movie or the more salient movie in this. And the, and then what the problem with that is that it makes everything even hokier. Like the cat, who who what was the name of the uh, the actor who played Emily Rose? Uh, Carpenter. Uh. And, and and she's she's got sort of those googie eyes, you know, and everything like that. So of course they have to pick someone. Jennifer Carpenter. Sorry, she's in Dexter now. <laughs> oh, she? Well, There. See. Yeah. She has to be sort of weird, you know. And it's like everything was overfabricated. When you went to that side of the movie, it was, I didn't like
0: it. The characters who get to play the person possessed in a lot of ways get the juicy, flashy role. And like I, I used to say, it was impossible to overplay a supervillain until I saw Tommy Lee Jones play a supervillain in that <laughs> shitty Batman movie. I honestly didn't think it was possible to overplay a supervillain. Uh, and same thing sort of goes with you're playing someone possessed. It's, Pretty much impossible to go over the top. And as a rule, the, most actors or actresses, more often actresses who are playing the possessed role, just let themselves off the leash and go full bore. And that's either going to agree with you or not. I, I thought she was th- fine. But, but, I
1: mean, if we just got into that argument about what do we actually find as a, a, um, a
0: believable,
1: possessed Person, then you, you really have to leave that up to the actor and then, well, okay, well, that's a different podcast. Yeah, all together. We yeah. could spend a full hour on oh, just totally. that. Oh, yeah.
0: totally. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I think that there was some real substance and meat to the story. I didn't have any real complaints with the actors. Uh, Laura Linney is another one of these uh, actresses who I, a lot of times I feel like I can see her acting mm-hmm. and, uh, it was less of a problem with me in this movie than it is really. Usually. I thought it was more of a problem. Uh, I will agree, like what you said about the whole business of her waking up at three in the morning, because that's like when the bad stuff happens. Yeah. When they try to make the movie about her having some kind of religious conversion or being convinced of the evil spirits, Dion. that's when it doesn't work for no. me. But I would say that takes just, up maybe ten minutes of time. See, see, the final. thing is,
1: is that I just saw her in, um, Hyde Park on Hudson, okay. where she plays, and it, it's very, it's him. very, yeah, it's very, she, she, she's not like in, in this one, in, you know, she's playing a lawyer and I'm a lawyer and I'm tough and I have to, and I'm a woman lawyer. So I have to be extra tough and blah, 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 blah. And, oh, shut up. You're yeah. just doing the same old, same old that we've seen a hundred times before. But her subtlety when she does it is really, really good. This, uh, and I, I, here's my one word review there. Say it. I said it again.
0: Well, obviously, we disagree on the exorcism of Emily (laughs) Rose. I have seen
1: the dark shadows moving in the woods, and I have no doubt that whatever I have resurrected
0: through this book is sure to come calling for me. Okay, well, let's let's move on to something that I, I'm I'm guessing we're gonna have some more common ground on. Um, in 1982, the world was introduced to a director named Sam Raimi, and an actor named Bruce Campbell, and and movies would just not be the same again. I would argue. Uh, God did
1: is it Bruce Campbell looked like an absolute goober?
0: Oh, yeah. back
1: then, like how old was he? I, I couldn't say. I think he was, like, maybe early
0: 20s or something like that. Let behind the ears. I they mean, all were. What a goober-looking guy. This is a movie made for no money on weekends by a bunch of friends. And for how long? How long did they were they doing this? Like, they were still shooting
1: shit, <laughs> like, months upon months later.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, there's interesting people working behind the scenes. In fact... Uh, Joel Cohen of the Cohen Brothers was brought in and did some editing on the film. They were friends and, uh, you know, I think they, they actually lived together. There's a whole circle of people in the early 80s living together who would grow up to be A-list Hollywood, you yep. know, Francis McDormand, the Cohen Brothers, Sam Raimi. Academy Rainey. Award winners. Yeah. Uh,
1: top box office grossing movie of
0: that year. Yeah. But at this time they're all they're in their sort of nobodies. Yeah, they're nobodies. They don't have money, they don't have power. They can't just greenlight any movie. And this is college students basically making a movie. And you know what? It kind of looks like college students making mm-hmm. a movie. I would yep. I I I will defend a lot of things about this movie, but the acting is not that strong. <laughs> and uh some of the production value is really good and some of it's not. <laughs> Sam Raimi's camera work, as always, is really cool. And that's where the movie really kicks ass. It's sort of in the technical level, the the long tracking shots through the woods, the infamous scene where a, a woman is sort of attacked nice. and violated by the yes. trees themselves. Um,
1: I don't I don't think he actually, um, his camera work per se, was where it developed into, like, like, For instance, with the sequel to this, right? What what I the most interesting thing about this movie for me is the pacing, for one thing, because they said themselves, you know, it was uh, uh, who was it Tappert and um, uh, Roger Robert Tappert is a producer. Anyway, they they all got together and they more or less just wanted to make. A horror movie that they wanted to see, which meant go, yeah. go, more, again, faster, funnier, louder, and that's what they did. Uh, and I don't think, as far as Sam Raimi uh, is concerned, I don't think he understood what he was doing. Oh, obviously, he didn't. But at the same time, he just he just threw stuff at the screen. You know, I don't think he he understood just how entertaining this was going to turn into. Yeah. Also, there's that that comedic
0: quality to it, which I don't think he was actually aware of at all. It's certainly the least of the Evil Dead movies. This is the least overtly funny. Oh, yes, uh, yes. The, the second movie <laughs> is quite funny, and oh, the third yes. movie is just, frankly, just a comedy. Ridiculous. It's a comedy. Yes, yeah. you know. Uh, but... Uh, I guess, uh, the plot for this movie, which we haven't mentioned, and if you're into horror movies and you haven't seen Evil Dead... There was a plot. Yeah. If you're into horror movies and you haven't seen Evil Dead, I I just... I I don't know what I can say (laughs) to you, but... A bunch of friends go to a cabin in the woods, and they find a forbidden book and read from it, and bad shit starts to happen. That, that, that is, is the it. movie. That, that is, is the movie. But, that, you, but you know what? If you hadn't have said that, and
1: you just, and you just say to people, just watch the movie, yeah. then by the end of it, everyone would have watched it and go, ah, what? Boing. <laughs> and then they'd go, wait a minute. There was nothing to that. They didn't do anything. They just, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Another- I think, I, 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 sorry. The, the thing about this movie is that it's just entertaining.
0: Mm-hmm. That's it. It will hold your time. It's 85 minutes long. It gets in. It gets out. Yeah. Um, like I say, the acting is not good. But usually, for people who have an appetite for these movies, you're gonna have to, you know, to build up a bit of a. <laughs> I have seen far worse. Yeah. Uh, in far worse. So. Uh, if there's a problem to the movie beyond its sort of low production values, uh, I think it's something that actually gets aped in the second movie. Mm-hmm. It's the repetitive nature of this movie. Something happens, and they all, either a couple of the characters or all of the characters, slowly walk towards this mysterious thing, and then something goes boo. And then some other mysterious event happens, and they all go slowly walking in a different direction, and something goes boo. I mean... This happens over and over and over again. (laughs) I mean, we, we always, we always know this. We see this all the
1: time, you know, because there we are and we're watching a box and we're watching the action on it, right? And then they're like walking, you know, and obviously they can't see anything off the frame Mm -hmm. when obviously there's this gigantic, you know, maniacal, whatever the (laughs) hell it is. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, it was right there. The camera just turned after that. And it's like, how could you have not have seen that yeah and we see that over and over again with this film you don't care
0: because
1: it's just like yeah 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 hot gore on them let's go (laughs) it's when you get possessed
0: it's interesting what you were saying about how same sam raimi likely didn't know quite how potent a film that he had Mm -hmm. here and that it would really you know Mm -hmm. people are still talking about it years and years decades later yes um i think that's true of a lot of these low budget made by friends horror movies like I don't think the people who made the Texas Chainsaw Massacre really knew that they were making a classic. I don't think George Romero believed he was making a classic when he made Night of the Living Dead. But they did. I think that part of the, the thing when you're making a classic is that you can't go into it going... I'm making a classic. (laughs) And I mean, getting back to the
1: acting, you look at all of those movies, the ones that you just said. Well, it's virtually non-existent. Yeah.
0: They got their friends to do it, pretty much. And monster movies
1: are great for that. Just your classic monster, uh, you know, eating and and ripping and whatever. And it's like, yeah, the 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 acting. No, you're a you're this you know carbon-based bipedal thing. And you are
0: there specifically to get torn apart. That's <laughs> The your end. Only, yeah. There's your direction. Right. You have to remember the name of the other character and yeah. call out their name yeah. at an inappropriate and, time. And yell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't want to be too dismissive, dismissive of the movie either because it does have a couple of really classic moments in it. I mentioned this scene where uh, one of the characters panics and she runs out into the trees. Mm-hmm. And Boy, uh, was that dumb. Yeah. She pays for it rather badly. Yep. Uh battered, beaten, violated by the trees only to return back to the cabin and become possessed by a demon. Yes. There's also an infamous scene in which a character is stabbed in the foot with a pencil. Now, some of the special effects in this movie... Uh, arguably have not aged particularly well they use the stop motion technique for sort of the demons falling apart yes, and it kind of reminds me that. of like loved it it reminds me of like a tim burton stop motion stuff in like beetlejuice or mm-hmm. or, or the Wee herman uh big adventure movie well well Martin well the, the the dude that did all the stuff back in the uh, 60s i mean the last Harryhausen, yes, yes, yeah, yes uh, uh clash of the titans yeah you know? yeah um, and yeah, I don't think anyone's particularly fooled by those special effects no. <laughs> anymore. But again, they do the job enough. Uh, That's so much. Fun. It is. It is. It's. It makes more sense in a movie that is not taking itself seriously. And although there's some laughs to be had, I do think that Evil Dead takes itself seriously. It wants to be a horror movie, and it means to scare Oh sure, sure, yeah, sure. Um, and I mean,
1: when they do put the effort into it, for instance, that which must have cost them.
0: You know, that was probably the most them? expensive few seconds of yes. footage of the whole yes. film.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, obviously, when a demon, you know, or whatever, disintegrates, he disintegrates in the most violent, goriest way possible. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, that no, was absolutely. awesome. Yeah.
0: And if we don't have the the uh, you know quality acting and the you know rich production value that we're used to, at least you know they they bring the they bring the red. Mm-hmm. And I do think that the actors actually improve when they are possessed. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really mean, but uh the sound design is really important to all of the Evil Dead movies, but especially this one. And uh characters who were just their their dialogue was just hurting me. Uh even Bruce Campbell, who I I, I mean, I love oh, the yeah, man. Just, I would yes. I would spoon him if he asked me to, you know. Yes, but uh, he's got some ridiculous he's, Just They're bad lines, but they're bad lines high delivered badly.
1: You know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's really bad like poorly delivered lines by a poor actor
0: yeah. you know? i think at some point you have to be honest and say there are some pretty substantial creaks and groans to this mm. movie uh but it's still a good movie. i'm going i'm gonna say the opening
1: like if i didn't know this movie right mm-hmm. and the first 15 minutes i'm like going if wow would i have turned this off <laughs> because it's like i don't even want to go any further with this this is a colossal waste of time and wow
0: yeah, sometimes so then after
1: the fact, learning that it's like, wow, I can't believe I turned this off.
0: No, well, sometimes you're rewarded by patience. You know, the interesting thing about skeptics is that we're always looking for proof. The question is, what on earth would we do
1: if we found it? What did you believe? I believe that people prefer to lie to themselves than face the truth. This year, the Vatican received over a half a million reports of demonic possession. This was taken at an exorcism in Chudin.
0: It's not the devil. It's just a very, very sick girl. She doesn't need a priest. She needs a shrink. Okay, so now we come to the second Based on True Events film. It's called The Rite. It's based on a book by Matt Baglio. Hopefully I'm saying that right. And it concerns the uh classes that uh, the Vatican apparently offers certain priests that will teach them how to exorcise someone. They can practice the rite of exorcism. So... uh this stars Hannibal Lecter himself, Anthony Hopkins, and some guy named Colin O'Donohue. you never heard of him? Me either. I don't think I've ever seen him either. There's probably a reason we haven't heard of no. Colin O'Donohue, because I don't know if it's because he was squaring off with a lot of really, really big actors, but he's the main character in the movie, and... Uh, I I I got nothing. I got nothing. He was a blank slate for me.
1: Well, he's playing the straight man more or less. You know, the guy that forwards the plot. So it's like. Is had you, a weird you,
0: sort of Neo from the Matrix in the first Matrix movie? Like yeah. he was going from scene to scene and being given information. Yes. And when, occasionally. When, you, when you're throwing money
1: at a film, then you don't throw it at the at the one guy that's just saying plot. Yeah. You know, I mean, Tony Hopkins is in it. You know, that must have cost a bit. You know. <laughs> And then everything else that they wanted—they they wanted this to look really, really good.
0: Yeah. You know. Well, it doesn't look terrible. the The plot is fairly simple. This uh, guy has just finished his education in the seminary college, and uh, in the United States. In the United in the United States, and uh, it's basically decided that he doesn't have the faith, or at least not the faith enough to be a priest. So he's basically saying, "Thanks for the education, but fuck you, bye. I'm done." Mm-hmm. Thanks for the for the, you know pre room and board for the last few years. And uh, he's told by uh, his teacher and mentor, who's uh, played by uh, Toby Jones, I want to say. There's a lot of he's, cool he's people. One, in he's
1: him. one of he's one of those guys that you've seen. Oh yeah, a dozen times.
0: Yeah, uh, Siran Hines is in it too. He's a really good actor. He played uh, Caesar in the HBO series of Rome. Oh, um, the bishop. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, Rudger Hauer shows up in this yes, movie <laughs> as the father. Yeah. yeah um so I, when does it start falling apart yeah well I, I was starting to tell the plot uh he is told by let's say the actor's name is toby jones he's told by his instructor that they're not really cool with him saying thanks for the free education Oh no, yeah,
1: they're going to totally screw him out of that yeah, yeah
0: so if that's the way if the attitude he's taking then uh you know we're gonna we're gonna ask for that hundred thousand dollars worth of education cash back you are know church system. ladies and gentlemen yeah uh well, I mean, neither of them are particularly, you know, high-minded at this point. Mm-hmm. One guy's trying to steal a free education. Oh, the other guy's extorting someone over yeah. money. Uh, he's basically told if he goes to the Vatican and takes this course on being an exorcist, that they will, if he takes that course and he still feels he doesn't have the faith, they will let him go and he can, you know, not have to deal with the, the money. I thought it was interesting that the movie started on those terms, though. Mm-hmm. We have one character who has no faith. And another character who has faith blackmailing that character yes. into yeah. having faith. <laughs> so, essentially,
1: it's about ding, ding, ding. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so, uh, there is actually, though, a really surprising and quite well-executed car accident that we are very witness to in the first act of the movie. Uh, that actually made my jaw drop a little bit just because I I didn't see it coming at all. <laughs> well, it was, a,
1: it was a good little, yeah, smack yeah. right upside the head. It's like, oh, what's going on here? Then yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's essentially, it's like, what are you going to do, priest? Yeah. Or, or almost priest. Yeah. There, there's this poor person on, lying on the, floor, on the ground dying and it's like. Clearly you know, mortally injured. And yeah. then what
0: did you do? You went
1: through the motion yeah. of it. Yeah. You just did it to make them feel better. Yes. Yeah. Like,
0: and he did the right thing. Absolutely. I suppose, but,
1: but at the same time, it's kind of like, what was that in aid of other than to show that, yeah, he's has, he has a crisis of
0: faith. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, right. great. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we knew he had a crisis of faith, but I think we needed a, a, a sort of a jolting moment. This is a horror movie and I, I was sort of starting to phase out of the movie a little bit and that snapped me back into focus. Mm-hmm. Sudden <laughs> shocking violence sure. will do that for me. Yep. But then we head to the, to Rome, <laughs> to the Vatican, mm-hmm. and we are introduced to Anthony Hopkins' character who... Well, no, first we go we go deep
1: underneath Vatican City into the Vatican City bunker <laughs> you know, where they have the, you know, the preliminary uh, class mm-hmm. for exorcism, you know, where people from all different, it, it was, it, it was like looking at a at a Star Trek scene where they have all the aliens and different people from, like, the Federation of Planets all talking, and then there's the whoever going with the Romulans are about to attack and blah, 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 in this great big cavernous stupid, you know, it's like, yeah, you threw a lot of money at a scene and it looks great, and it's like, this is ridiculous anyway. It's ridiculous,
0: Gold. but it's based on a true thing. I'm sure yeah. that the room doesn't look like that, yeah. but, uh yeah. yeah.
1: But, but thanks for, you know... Uh, <laughs> making making this faith look like a star trek movie anyway off he goes to see tony hopkins
0: yeah and uh I, i'm gonna say i like anthony hopkins as a hmm. rule i mean he'll go off he's the rails stand,
1: he's a stem he's <laughs> a stand-up actor he for me as an actor that is an actor that treats it like a job right like he just goes okay what what is it what am i doing what's my backstory and then he Figures it out, and he just delivers a performance. Well,
0: and he is to a certain extent, although a great actor, he's Anthony anything for a dollar Hopkins well, after a point. I this mean, is he's a man. In this. He's in this movie, and he's been in like immortal classics like Free Jack and The Wolf Man. You know, Free
1: Jack is one of the worst movies ever made.
0: Happily, most people probably have no idea what we're talking oh, yeah, about, and they are not. lucky.
1: Yeah. That was right after. Uh, that was right after Silence of the Lambs. They must have given him a paycheck with like six digits in it because he's on screen for like about
0: what five minutes, and he looks embarrassed to be there. Yes. yes. Anyway, we're not talking about no. Free Jack. We're talking about the right. My issue with Anthony Hopkins' performance in this, like, I I even like a quirky, over the top Anthony Hopkins performance. He did a ridiculous movie called Habit, where he's like a dude raised by uh, wild animals. And he is off the charts bonkers in it. Like, it's not a good movie, but I just enjoyed him in it because he's just completely willing to go anywhere with it. But for most of this performance, until this little twist that we're going to talk about later on happens, he is a guy who should be very interesting. He makes, he, he spends his days ex- exercising demons. And he looks frankly bored. He looks bored while he's doing it. He he looks pissy. Yeah. He just
1: kinda like A curmudgeon. We gonna, Yeah, we're gonna go Oh, it's my four fifteen. Here yeah. follow me upstairs. I yeah. gotta do this, you know. And just just sit there and be quiet, okay? And, and and not even with that kind of earnestness.
0: Yeah. He, he's like, yeah, yeah, demons are here and I could care less. I am unimpressed by all of this. Ugh. Now, okay, maybe you could argue he's been doing this for 50 years mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, nothing, nothing phases him anymore. Um, but I don't know. I, I needed somebody who was going to, you know, lift the curtain and let us into the world because mm-hmm. our protagonist, the O'Donoghue guy just wasn't doing that for me. Mm-hmm. He was, like I said, a blank slate. He, oh yeah. He just
1: sat there and looked, you know,
0: I mean, granted that was his character. Yeah, and well, he, he was working he, against he was, all these, you these know, classically I mean, trained actors, and yeah, like we say, like yeah, yeah. this is a guy who's done a handful of TV shows. For but, sure, like he probably was felt at once lucky to get the part. Then he read the script and went, "Well, shit, you know, this I'm the main character, did, but this did, is not did, my movie." Did the check clear? Yeah, did. exactly. Darn, fine, I'll show up tomorrow. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I we say things like this. If you or I were offered a part in this movie, or any shitty movie, we would say yes. I mean, I don't have any scruples. Okay, I'll, I'll do How the West Was Fun part two, if Fine, that's what you want me to yeah, I
1: mean, I'm the first one to actually, uh, put up my hand and go, yeah, that was a piece of crap, please don't see it.
0: Yeah, no, no. But, I mean, hey, you're a working actor, good for you. He's trying to, Anthony Hopkins is trying to relieve this Unfortunate pregnant sixteen-year-old girl who is possessed. Uh, he's trying to to save her, and basically our care, our, our protagonist it's is watching. Always him. a young girl. Yeah, it's Why very is it always a young girl huh? because we feel the most for her. If it was a young boy, we'd be like, "Who gives a shit?" <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Have demons got nothing better to do? Don't you think they would endeavor to actually go after someone that would make their presence more? You know,
0: more evil. <laughs> I guess. But no, young girls. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I, again, it's easy for us to identify, you know, if she's young and innocent, although not too innocent if she's pregnant, I suppose. I thought her performance was fine, but again, it was, she was playing the possessed person. So yeah. you can't, I don't know that you can overplay that. I,
1: I, it, it's scarier. That's, <laughs> that's the only
0: reason. It's the only reason. Um, I think in order to adequately explain why I didn't like this movie, we're going to have to go to the end of the movie. And people will argue this is a fairly large spoiler. They certainly didn't drop it in the trailers or anything like this. Oh, who cares this. who's ever going to see this movie again? Anyway? Yeah, I would discourage you from watching the movie unless you were uh, the biggest Bored. fan of Anthony Hopkins ever. Yeah. Uh, of course, at the end of the day, our hero has to prove how good he is and how much he has learned by... Mm. Practicing an exorcism himself. And who is he going to exercise? <gasps> he's going to exercise Anthony Hopkins. In, in absolutely no um, preface to why <laughs> he's suddenly possessed. I Not
1: think, I think there's a learn. little
0: bit, but... Oh, that, what, he
1: kind of loses a little bit of faith or something like that? He so? fails
0: to save this girl that he's been trying to save for a really long time. Which opens the door yeah. to demonic possession. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I... The twist was so obvious, I kind of resented myself for not seeing it coming before I did. I'm like, oh, my God. I was just bored by him. They're going to go there. They're going to make Anthony Hopkins possessed mm-hmm. now. And, uh yeah. It, his, his
1: being possessed, you know, was actually kind of cool. I liked how he did it, you know, because, first of all, all the effects that they did on him while he was doing it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can still see Hopkins actually coming through that. And that was actually kind of cool, you know. But, it was around that time at the same time that all of a sudden it struck me, I think this movie is produced by the Catholic Church. <laughs> I really do. And then I just grabbed the cover and <laughs> said, like, produced by the, I was, I was fully <laughs> expecting to see that. Produced by the Vatican.
0: Well, if they were trying to scare me into faith, they failed miserably. Oh, boy, did they ever... (laughs) In fact, they just made
1: me angrier, you know.
0: Anyone in close proximity has the same dream. What is it? A secret that can no longer be kept. It started a month ago. What started...
1: A change in the earth and the sky
0: is power there's
1: a weird locking mechanism looks like it can only be open from the inside a life form is growing out of prebiotic fluid it's not winding down into disorder it's self-organizing it's becoming something what
0: if you are a fan of horror movies you know john carpenter and if you know john carpenter you know that the man runs extremely hot and extremely cold <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately it's true wow. uh so i was curious to think, to to hear what you had to say about prince of darkness i suspected this might be a movie that we disagreed upon and uh well i guess we're about to find well, out
1: we might just find that out <laughs> yes so uh, this
0: was 1987 yes right yep yeah, yeah. correct uh, it's about a bunch of students of physics and philosophy and various other uh, uh, disciplines. disciplines. And, uh, They're yeah. summoned to this mysterious church uh, that's sort of taken care of by the Order of Sleep. The and, Order of Sleep. Yes. Yeah, and that's headed by Donald Pleasants, Loomis himself, from, from Halloween movies uh, He's sort of the priest that's, that's getting everyone together. They have found in the basement of this church this bizarre cylinder full of water, and they can't get a good date on it, and they need smart people to come figure mm-hmm. it out yeah. uh, because the activity seems to be increasing. Um And on top of this, the homeless people in the area are starting to act really strange. Led by? One Alice Cooper. Wow. Yeah.
1: Um, who, who for some reason was, you know, like, front and center as
0: far as the marketing of this movie goes.
1: And you see him for about two minutes.
0: Yeah, he's, yeah, he's not, he's not really heavily focused on. I mean, if the star of your movie is Jameson Parker, Mm -hmm. one of the, the Simons from Simon and Simon. Does uh, anyone
1: even know what (laughs) Simon and Simon is? I mean, I do, but I'm old, so.
0: If you do know what Simon and Simon is, he played the Simon without the mustache. (laughs) And if you don't know what Simon and Simon is, Good for you. No. Good then, you, for don't you. Know, then you don't know who Jameson Parker is. <laughs> um, anyway, they all end up in this building, and they are all blown away by what they're asked to study, and soon find out that they are not able to leave this place. And not only are they being plagued by mysterious dreams, but some of them are becoming possessed, and they're starting to kill each other and come unglued. It's a really bizarre amalgam. You've got sort of a zombie movie vibe. You've got, you know the exorcism or the possession vibe and you've got i guess not satan himself the prince of darkness would be satan's son uh the goal of this cylinder or whatever it is it was a prison for the son of satan and he is now going to be unleashed on the world unless our heroes can find a way to stop it uh what did you think of prince of darkness terry it was 1987
1: and i sat down or no no well anyway it was whatever year it was i i don't want to date myself here and I sat down with some friends, and we're watching this movie just because, you know, we head on to, like, family video or what were some of the other video stores? TBS.
0: TBS. That was it. It was TBS. <laughs> so we go there, and it's like, there it was. Uh, by the way, video stores were places one used to go to rent movies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they were huge. <laughs> they were huge. They were everywhere. Anyway. Um. So
1: there it is, and I see this is the latest release from uh John Carpenter. And of course, before that, yeah, he gave us things like Halloween and some of my personally favorite fun movies to watch. The thing, yeah. And uh, the the movie before that that he did was Escape Big Trouble. Big Trouble in Little China. Oh yeah, Big Trouble in Little China. And of course, yeah, Escape from New York. Starman. So. Uh, I mean, just fun. Fun, silly movies that you could really wrap, you know, just have a really great time with. Anyway, this movie came out and it's like on, ooh, scary, scary. So whatever. So it's like, well, let's try this. And we sat down. It's, yeah, it was about 45 minutes into the movie. And I realized my friends and I were sitting on the couch and we all had our knees in our chest. Hmm. And then, now, revisiting this movie again, here's the thing that I had never actually cottoned on to when I saw it the, the the couple of times I'd seen Well, no, I've seen it more than a couple of times. Larry, I like this movie. Yeah. I really like this movie. It It's the science fiction aspect about this movie that I never realized is what actually gave it more credence to make it scarier for me. The fact that this priest, you know, more or less explains that not only does evil exist but it's it's on a sub-atomic level you know and that you know it, it we, we have to show the rest of earth that evil is actually just as real as touching you mm-hmm. know real things you know and that that good is the thing that's kind of up on the rails <laughs> up on the ropes you know
0: I really like- The whole
1: thing with the dreams, mm -hmm. you know, where, where the future is trying to
0: warn the past, you know. I think that the theme of this movie is that science and faith need to reconcile. They need to, to get along. The way they never have, and well, arguably never will. Well, yeah. But the the priests need the scientists, mm-hmm. and the scientists don't believe a word of oh, anything totally. the priests are saying, and they won't until they see something ridiculously <laughs> until the, crazy. Until,
1: as far as this movie is concerned, they're actually proving it. Yeah, they're proving the fact that this this thing, whatever it is. Okay, granted, they don't want to call it evil, mm-hmm. but they 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 can't deny the fact that it exists. And they're actually proving its existence, you know. Regardless of whatever the church is and faith or anything like that, they're just proving negative and positive. And when I started to think more about that, it's like, going. there's a lot more layer in this film than I first...
0: This film does not get enough love at all. I don't think so. I think, like, the fact that, yeah, not only is it they ask for science's help, but it is not the religious faith that saves the day here. It's personal human courage, Mm -hmm. and it's the scientists keeping their heads on and trying to think their way out of the situation. Mm -hmm. Anybody who panics and runs dies. Mm -hmm. Anybody who just wants to use the cross and the power of their faith to defend themselves. Oh, the priest is useless. Yeah. Um, He's just, he sits there and cowers because he, he is powerless against it. And I think that's the great... The great crux of of Donald Pleasant's character is that he realizes that. He's been a man of faith. He's loved God his entire life.
1: He says it. We were fools. Yeah.
0: We were fools
1: to try and contain this and to not tell
0: people earlier. And now he thinks it's too late. And that it's not the church that's warning us. The church doesn't bring cameras down to the basement and say, here's proof of the devil. It takes the scientists from the future sending a message from the future that we can only receive in our dreams. Warning us that this is happening. The church won't warn us. We need science. And to have a movie about possession telling us that we need science is refreshing. The the fact that they they refer to it as just telekinetic Mm -hmm. ability,
1: that this thing, whatever it is, you know. And they don't actually, it's not this nebulous kind of spirit. No, it's this, you know, it's it's, it's at at a subatomic level. It's sentient and it can do this stuff. Now, granted, there, you know, and I mean, we watched the movie and there's still lots of fun, like evil sort of, ah, and fun. I mean, the, the, the one where the dude
0: says, pray for death, mm-hmm. right? And then, of course. Yeah, <laughs> falls apart. He's got all these bugs crawling out. Oh, of Great stuff. Nice. There's really good moments, too. <laughs> and the makeup moment. effects are awesome. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where a possessed person gets their head chopped off and then she grabs her own head and puts it back on her with a her, smile yeah and, on and, and, her face. and throws it back on her body like she's putting a hat on mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like really well realized mm-hmm. and uh, i liked it, it uh, there it's not perfect there are a few things that i i, I would change well, it, it's like, aged pretty well it doesn't feel overly 80s yeah 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 but
1: i mean there, there really are ridiculous aspects to this mm-hmm. movie like this church has been home to this thing for what, since Conquistadors since or something time in like, memoriam, you think? Way down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in the middle of Los Angeles. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the character that Victor Wong plays, is it Victor Wong? Uh, yes. The, sort of the wisecracking dude? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, Dennis Dunn. Dennis, Dunn, Dennis or Dunn. Victor Wong was the professor, pardon yes. me. Uh, oh, I'm terrible. Uh, Dennis Dunn, he's sort of the wisecracking guy. I don't think is as funny as neither he or John Carpenter thought he was. No. Uh he's it was, got it
1: was all these
0: much. he's got these zingers and they're not appropriate for the situation and worse than that, they're just not that funny.
1: Interesting going back to the thing with its ensemble piece, I think this is what he was trying uh John Carpenter was trying to do again. Because when they all get all these different disciplines and then it's all these different characters, right? course, most of them just start getting knocked off left and right almost immediately, you know.
0: But most but of them it, get their moment, you yeah, know. Yeah. Like, even, even characters that only have four lines, the first and second people to kill, we get to know them and like them. In the scene, we know them, you know. Uh, and then a bicycle <laughs> Yeah, then he gets right stabbed by a bicycle. Yeah. Again, have you ever seen someone get stabbed by a bicycle? No. Or have you yeah. seen someone who sort of explodes into roaches? Actually, I have. I have seen another person I'm, explode into roaches. In that one, but that Creep show. That there's was, a guy who explodes was... into roaches in oh, fiction. Oh, right. Yes. Um, but, yeah, uh, there's one individual who seems he's possessed, but there seems to be some sliver of humanity left in him, and he keeps fighting back, <sighs> yes. and he's pouring and laughing, sweat, and he's laughing half maniacally. laughing and half crying. Oh, yeah, great stuff. Great. <laughs>
1: um, Good actor. He was in uh, Darkman yeah. at the beginning of it, the guy that um, Durant.
0: Oh, the finger guy. The, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the bullet point here is that uh, I really, really, really like Prince of Darkness, and if you I, like scary movies, you should watch it. I,
1: I, you know, I'm, I'll, 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 yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world, <coughs> the world of darkness. Mother! Nobody expected it. Nobody believed it. And nothing could stop it.
0: There are no experts. You probably know as much about possession as most priests. Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. Okay, we always talk about how we're scared of spoilers or like we're not sure how to handle spoilers. I put a spoiler warning at the top of the show as to the content of the movies that we're going to discuss. Everyone dies. <laughs> here's, here's a spoiler not for the movies, but for the Rankin review. My number one choice for these movies, which I thought was fairly obvious, is The Exorcist. I actually think The Exorcist is one of the finest horror movies ever made. <laughs> Strong words. Uh, it's... Different than most of the my very very favorite uh horror movies in that it's studio produced it's a big budget Hollywood production. It's not a group of friends who made a, a movie on weekends. This is the real deal Hollywood. They got Alan Bernstein in here they got they got a, a really good director who won an Academy Award for the French connection well it, it was the seventies for one thing yeah uh they took a popular book uh, by uh William Peter Blatty and they turned it into an amazingly frightening horror movie so much so that people actually fled the theater or vomited or meant to to feel you know nauseous <laughs> when they saw it. it 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 really really stirred the pot in the box <laughs> office and without the exorcist there would be no omen there would be no <laughs> the whole genre or subgenre of exorcism it's the
1: grandparents it,
0: of um it is this is what
1: 73 72 or 73
0: According to the DVD case, oh, this has both versions, Mm -hmm. 1973 for the original and 2001 for the version you've never seen. Mm -hmm. Which version did you watch, by the way? Well, I mean I
1: watched the version you've never seen just. But the differences was... are
0: subtle enough that we can oh, yeah, discuss it. Like it's
1: I'm I'm like going, I don't know what was added and what wasn't added. Like the whole beginning
0: uh, with the uh, The beginning Max is Arnold. extended, but the most famous thing that they added was the crab walking down the stairs. Yes. Yeah. And the reason that it was cut is a righteous one. It happens too early in the movie. There are still scenes after that where she's wondering I think my daughter might be possessed. And I'm sorry, if your daughter Crab walks down the stairs and spits a bunch
1: of- I think
0: so. No.
1: She's already, like, walloped her, right? Yeah. But, the, like- She's already done the,
0: you know, you know, with the telekinesis and the everything. The bed was like shaking that. and she punched her mom out, but it was before she was doing the crucifix stuff and before her voice changed and before, uh, the I see, so the, so the crucifix stuff wasn't bad enough. Yeah. Well this but was her another crab walking down yeah. the
1: stairs. That no, was Well this too was much. another
0: step in the chain. I, I, I mean it was a it was a strong image and it was pretty frightening. But I, I for me like, I, think I
1: I okay, when I revisited it, I mean I watched that version and right. then there it was. And of course I've seen it because, mm-hmm. you know, when they came out with this what in 2000 Two thousand something like that? Yeah. You know? Of course then they you know, I don't know where I saw it, but I saw it. Yeah. I saw The Crab Walking. Of course, now you see The Crab Walking in every horror movie. <laughs> see, this
0: movie is so stolen from. <laughs> People steal from it all the time. Uh, just the so little things, too. Uh, we always talk about how these movies predate computer-generated effects. Mm-hmm. So w- when they wanted to see the priest's breath in the room, they refrigerated the fucking mm-hmm. set. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) everybody in there was wearing, like, (laughs) winter clothes to shoot this movie. Meanwhile, poor Linda Blair, you (laughs) know, just had the sheets and the the duvet to actually be under. little personal note for me, too. This is uh, another movie. uh, In the last episode, we were talking about The Fly, which is a movie that I saw way too young. (laughs) This is another one of the movies that I saw way too young. Uh, my dad would let me more or less watch anything as long yeah. as he was in the room. Sure. Uh, and if it was something that I shouldn't be watching or I wouldn't like, I would sort of leave typically. But I have a very clear image of myself playing with He-Man figures behind the couch. So I couldn't see the TV. I'm behind the couch, but I'm just listening to this movie. I'm listening to this, this voice that I know is supposed to be emulating it's from this a beautiful little girl. Time for her. oh my god yeah uh like i instant hair ups on the back of my neck Mm -hmm. i mean maybe it's not even fair because it was burned into me at that too young an age but well how old were you do you think well i was the single digit age category i was playing with action figures and laying on the floor behind a couch yeah
1: i don't remember when i saw it as a teenager you know and 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 i guess at that point it's like okay you know yeah. And being a Catholic too, it's like, okay, I know where this is going. I know what's, what's, what's actually happened. That, that's way too glib. I don't know what's actually happening, but it's like, oh, okay. No. Demonic possession. Well, yeah, that's what's going to happen.
0: Um, the plot. And again, if you haven't seen the exorcist, shame on you. Mm. Uh, Ellen Bernstein, who is a very talented Hollywood actress, uh, uh plays a very talented Hollywood actress who's in uh, uh, Washington. Is it uh, Georgetown? Georgetown, right? Uh, and and uh, which is a suburb of Washington. Yeah, she, she? she's yeah, okay. filming a movie there, and uh, her daughter starts playing with a, a Ouija board. Weird sounds start coming from the attic. She slowly becomes convinced from a series of well failed uh, doctor's appointments from chain-smoking physicians, which mm-hmm. I thought was hilarious she finally starts to believe that her daughter is indeed possessed and uh she gets uh jason miller who plays father Karras, uh and Damian eventually Karras. yeah and eventually max von sido who is just an amazing actor mm-hmm. and at the time a young man playing an old man i know man. yeah uh, it's funny looking at him and going say was max von sido always old <laughs> no <Nope. laughs> Uh, and they have to come and try and rid this demon from this poor little girl. It has such infamous scenes as, yes, uh, a, a small child stabbing herself in her private parts wow. with a crucifix. Wow. And, uh, then trying to oh, shove her even, mother's face
1: into it. Like but even before that, let's back up when, when the, she brings the doctor in and then she's doing that, you know? Oh, she's, she's outcome.
0: swinging like a crazy person on the bed up and down. I mean, down. that, that for me right there, that's freaky enough. It's terrifying. It's really weird. But if and you want to back it up even further, Terry, I think one of the scariest moments in the movie for me, and I know that's going to sound weird, is when Early, 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 they're having a big rousing party. Everyone's around the piano playing music. <laughs> and this little girl walks yeah. into the middle of the room, points at this astronaut, and You're says, going die You're going here. to die up there, and then urinates on yes. the floor in yeah. front of everybody. Okay. And she doesn't have the scary voice yet. She doesn't look mm. all possessed or mm. fucked up. She's just a little girl. Mm-hmm. And I like, that scene like, gives like me a chills. kid, like a kid sleepwalking or
1: something yeah. like that that just wets her pants. But of course, you know. She just sucks the air as, out of the room <laughs> as, as, as the movie goer. It's like, a, oh no, this is just going to get worse. Isn't and it? Exactly. But for this, 1973,
0: wow. we had no idea just how worse it yeah. was going to get. We hadn't seen the rotating head. We hadn't seen the pea soup vomit. We mm-hmm. hadn't, like, wow. Yep. Um, every single other movie, I think I think every single one of them, with the possible exception of House of the Devil, I will say directly at some point, rips off or pays homage oh, totally. to The Exorcist. Oh, totally. And I don't know if that's just lazy filmmaking or if it's just unavoidable. <laughs>
1: Well, again, again it's kind of like either you haven't seen this film because you've just heard too much about it and are frightened of it and or, right? Or you've seen it and it's like everything after that as far as the horror genre is concerned, especially with any sort of possession-y type angle in that movie, yeah, it's from that. Yeah. It's totally from The Exorcist the actors is classic. Yeah. It's 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 hard to actually say anything new or refreshing about it simply because what just watch the film and get freaked out. It's what well, the, the, the the there's a couple of there's a couple of things about this film that are interesting. First off, it's just a novelization. Right? By William Peter Blatty.
0: Right. It's based so, on a novel by William Peter Blatty. It's yeah. fiction. Yes, right. It's based on a case of a boy who was apparently possessed, but yeah, he changed yeah, yeah. it out a lot. Yeah. Oh totally.
1: Yeah. Oh totally. You know he did. Because again, here and here's the interesting thing about about possession movies after this is that they they always follow that sort of formula, right? Again, I'm always I'm always weirded out that demons, you know, <sighs> I'm gonna possess you. Why possess a little girl? If you can possess, why don't you go after a, a, a statesman, or, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. <laughs> or or a, a, someone in the military or something like that? Again, it's
0: it's made uh, up so solution much, to made up problems. But I'm so going to say, much they play the on the genre, so much of the
1: genre, so much of the genre comes from this yeah. movie and only this movie, and simply because it's frightening. Yeah. Logically, doesn't make it. Any sense whatsoever. When I revisited it, the police officer in it, why was he there? At the end of the movie there? Oh, no, the guy that comes in, you know, first he's more or less interrogates, uh, Karis, mm-hmm. then goes to, um, interrogate the mother. And this is what he's doing. He's interrogating, right? Why is he there? He's only forwarding plot and the only, his only reason for being there is to um there was vandalism in the church right
0: oh there's all that and everything but he doesn't care about that mm-hmm. he's just, you know you're absolutely right i've seen that just, movie a lot of times and i'm not quite sure what role that uh he's a friend of, of father Karras. yeah they're like buddies but i guess you know yeah. he's just
1: after this murderer but it's like all of a sudden this cop becomes a real focal point of the movie and it's like why
0: well because at the end of the movie uh I think we need a well, friendly, we can, need a friendly face. I think we can put that case to rest. Yeah, yeah, it's. Satan was
1: booked at Precinct
0: Twelve. Yeah. It, if it was a slightly older movie, if it was Psycho, he'd be like the guy at the end of Psycho who yes. implicitly tells the audience, "This is what happened. This is why. This is what you should be thinking while you leave the theater." Take it easy. <laughs> Happily, the filmmakers decided not to go there. But yeah. I, I guess I. Agree I guess I was it.
1: wondering how much, how much, uh, Freakin' actually kind of changed. From the uh, from the novelization, I've, I've never read the book, right. so I'd be interested. I'm not going to, but I would be interested to see how much was changed. Uh,
0: I, I did read the book, but it was in the early '90s, and uh, I, I don't. It felt very close to me. Mm. Um, but yeah, the Exorcist. anyway, Exorcist, yeah, great movie. It was it's a great movie.
1: I can tell you like it. I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> About the deposit, I'll agree to waive all the deposit stuff. You just give me the first month's down, we'll call it a day, all right? It's hard coming up with all that money, isn't it? Uh,
0: it's gonna work out. You're not the one with $84 in a bank account and a check to write on Monday. You know what you should do. Hi, I'm calling in regards to the babysitter flyer posted outside my dorm. That's the night's big eclipse is now well underway. I feel a little weird just dropping you out here in the middle of wherever we are. <laughs> Okay, The House of the Devil. Um, this writer-director, Ty West, has sort of been making a name for himself in sort of the low-budget horror movie field for the last few years, and uh, people are keeping their eye to him. He contributed a segment to the uh, anthology film uh, VHS, and he uh, did uh, a decent little ghost film called The Innkeepers. Um, but I think the one film that sort of first made people stand up and say, who's this Ty West guy, was this peculiar throwback of a movie called The House of the Devil. Uh, it, it's made to look like it was made in the late 70s or early 80s. The aesthetic of the movie is very deliberate to look like that time, to have that pace and that feel of those early movies. But it was made four years ago. And uh, it's got a very, very slow pace. And it sort of culminates into some really bizarre <laughs> set pieces of madness and strange behavior. Um, but for me, uh, it's not winking at you. It's not saying, hey, look at this production values. Look look how cool and 80s and look at their aesthetic. It is trying to creep you out. It's... Not about being a funny, wacky throwback to how cheesy the movies used to be. This is almost like, it's its like a loving tribute to the deliberately paced movies of, you know, the late 70s and early 80s. The question is, does it work today as a horror movie? And I guess that's what I'm posing to you now. No. <laughs> okay. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? <laughs>
1: It's a bad sign, Larry, when I'm watching a film and the counter is on the DVD player and I'm watching the minutes pass going, is something going to happen? Please, just... Sem-. What I really liked about about this is D. Wallace mm-hmm. is in it. Very right? briefly, yeah. So the credits go by after she's gone, and it says, Andy Wallace. I think this is how it worked, because
0: mm-hmm. she's at the very beginning of the film, more yeah. or less. Our main character is looking at an apartment to rent. Yes. Yeah. D.
1: Wallace was in Close Encounters. We've talked
0: about her already before. She's in many, many genre movies. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's basically a cameo role here. It's a nice face to see, but she doesn't have a lot to do. Yeah. She has nothing to do with nothing.
1: She she is like she's like the crazy Texan in Psycho. That more or less just I'm pointing something out and there it is, and now I'll go over there. Mm-hmm. But what I liked about it is Andy Wallace as the landlady. <laughs>
0: I'm
1: like going. I I already this movie doesn't make sense. So we're going along, and we're doing things, and I'm watching. I'm being patient, mind you. I'm being patient. I'm watching. I'm watching. I think where it fell apart, where all of a sudden I'm just kind of like, you know, checking my cell phone, is when she starts dancing around the house to uh, the I did fix. want to talk
0: about that sequence. You yeah. know? Uh,
1: it, 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 it's a song called uh, One Thing Leads to Another. By this band I think maybe they had two or three songs that charted in like nineteen eighty three four like when I was in high school, mm-hmm. you know
0: well, I didn't even pick up on the on the, the song i I figured it was of the time, but
1: uh well i I guess the time that this movie was actually supposed to be uh you know
0: it they played almost the whole song, she danced around in this empty house and there was no payoff and then and then you know she goes off
1: to screw with other things i guess i'll just or maybe i'll go order pizza or maybe i'll bump that off or i'll go and check this door or i'll go this lasts for about a half an hour
0: larry why did you make me watch this well here's why i disagree with you almost entirely about this movie um I agree with you, the scene where she's dancing in the house takes a long time, but let's talk about how she gets to the house. This mm-hmm. girl is strapped for cash, and she mm-hmm. gets a babysitting job that on its face is clearly too good to be true, mm-hmm. so much so that her best friend does everything she can to try and talk her out of it. Oh, yes. That sequence took about 15 minutes. <laughs> um, Tom Noonan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually just talked about him in the last episode. He had a small role in Eight-Legged Freaks. Uh, he, uh, plays- but That dude's been around forever. I love that dude. He has a very specific thing that he does. He's got this, the specific look and the specific voice and he is so nervous and so tightly wound in this movie. Like, you know right away something is up with this dude and so does she. But she needs that money and she wants, she wants it to be true. Our character does almost everything wrong until the very last moments of this movie um now i can understand how people will be frustrated with this but in her head in her brain she's not in a horror movie there's something clearly wiggy about these people but she believes that she will be able to stay in this house for four hours i believe that they're only going to be gone i don't think she knew she was in a movie (laughs) well just bear with me for a second uh her friend tries to warn her, her friend drives her there, finally she leaves it, and uh, she's. These eccentric people scream, We are crazy, there is something bad afoot. He admits to lying to her. He is ridiculously overpaying her. She tells her over and over again the number on the stove to order pizza. And, uh, like, they nail down these points so hard to the point where you're like, Okay, I get it, what the fuck? <laughs> now
1: keep in dance. mind people this is about an hour and 15 minutes <laughs> into the movie so that's what we've established
0: okay continue she's in the house she plugs in their ear buds and she's dancing around now our main character you could argue was frustrating in that like she just seems unwilling to see really obvious signs that something is not afoot hey this is totally the direction she uh, was given she puts in the headphones, and I can relate because I'm a headphone type of guy that having your music and being, you know, in your own headspace is a great escape. Mm-hmm. So she's not thinking about the spooky mansion that she's in. She's just focusing on her music. I, I can relate to being like, walking down by the river on the bike trail, listening to my Discman back in the day when people had things called Discmans. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and she then, had a Walkman Yeah. On. Uh, and then the batteries would die, and then I would realize that I'm by myself in this pitch-black wooded trail, (laughs) and all of a sudden, this is a really creepy environment. It takes a long time for the music to stop in this movie, but when the music stops, I think it is fucking scary. Terry clearly disagrees. (laughs) Why did
1: you make me watch this movie? The, the, The other thing, too, so... Long, so long, to get to anywhere for me that you care that you care now, and here's the thing again, I'm watching the clock, you know, going, where is this like i i I, I understand that they're trying to make this eighties I grew up in the eighties, mm-hmm. all right, I've seen. The 80s was the, 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 the birth of the slasher film, right? It started with Halloween, after that, and I mean, the thing with slasher films is I did not like them. They were boring. Mm-hmm. They didn't go anywhere. They didn't do anything. People just knocked off. Anything as far as that genre goes, you know, even the beginnings, because of course you can say, like, of course all of them have had, like, how many, how many sequels has, uh, Jason had? Uh, 10, and then, of
0: course, the immortal classic, Freddy vs. Jason. And then how many has uh, Freddy had? I want to say 7. And, and the immortal classic, Freddy vs. Jason. And then how many has Michael had? You want to Five say or 6 or something like I that. I think there is 8 in the original series and then of course the uh Rob Zombie ones. I'm not 100% sure, but uh Rob Zombie did too. Uh, and 57. out of all of that, so we're looking at
1: well well over 20 movies, mm-hmm. right? Almost 30. Mm-hmm. The only one that actually held my attention at, at all was Halloween. That was the only one. The rest of them boring. Mm-hmm.
0: Same kind of pacing, right? Except. I would argue they have a faster pace than this. Usually someone dies within the first five or ten oh, yeah, minutes totally. of those movies. Because nothing happens until about 35 minutes in when, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's her name, blam. Yeah, when one of which her characters like gets her face blown off. Yeah, which is just like, what but the ding dong? The movie has been so serene and so quiet and so, like, she's startled. This character played by A.J. Bowen, uh, Thinks that she's the babysitter leaving, and obviously he's been standing post to make sure that she doesn't try to leave.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so he's talking to her and being very sweet to her, saying, you know, uh, sorry to startle you, it is kind of creepy out here. But once he realizes that she's not her the babysitter, not the babysitter, his face completely changes yep. and he blows oh, a he hole. He just gives through her a gun. And Boom. We hadn't seen anything like it, and we've been waiting for it. At this point, you know the movie oh needs boy, to bring the red. Something. And uh, I thought that was kind of a ugly, disturbing moment. Plus, I think that the most likable character of the movie just died at that point. <laughs> um, I I swear to God, you know, I think this movie was
1: made because this Thai guy just wanted to get into his lead actor's pants. Yeah.
0: It was just tedious. I respect uh, that he has he he Larry allows the ending. He lets people uh, he lets the movie take its time. He lets the movie breathe, and he wants the audience to meet him halfway. He doesn't paint by numbers. He's not gonna he's not gonna he's not trying to placate you. He's making his movie, and you have to wait for things to start to go down. But like I said, once the worm turns in this movie, I I got freaked out. I didn't
1: understand you know let's put it this way i understand that you like it mm-hmm. this is actually for someone some somebody that actually will get into this mm-hmm. and i am not that person It's right. super personal difference and frankly this has missed the mark as far as a lot of people i would know because we'd all be doing the same thing it's like what can can something please anything yeah. anything again in the, the real world, I as, as wouldn't as,
0: assume we're in a horror movie. As soon as
1: girlfriend gets capped, mm-hmm. right? It's like a oh, okay, it's on. We're, we're we're and then another twenty minutes of her watching TV. It's just nothing. Well, she Nothing. gets drugged. She
0: orders the pizza <laughs> that she is repeatedly told to order. A.J. Bowen delivers the pizza. And that was 45 minutes <laughs> later. Uh There's a sequence where she goes up. This to... movie, how long is this
1: movie? 95 it, minutes. Yeah. It feels like three hours. Right.
0: Well, it's 95 minutes. And uh there's a scene where she goes up to this spooky door. And you can tell someone's shifting around behind it. And you see the doorknob move a little bit. There's pretty intense suspense to that. And... The movie has been so slow and so like methodical, almost Kubrickian, in, in in some of its long shots and weird takes. And then the ending happens, and Tom Noonan and his fucked up wife show up back, and she's in the middle of a pentagram, getting stuff painted onto her abdomen with red, and people are getting their throats slashed, and they're <laughs> screaming, and it goes like completely bonkers. It's a slow boil, and, and then she escapes. <laughs> It's a slow boil, and it requires patience. But I think that if you if, if you are into the horror genre, it- yes, that's the movie in its <sighs> entirety. Obviously, we disagree on House of the Devil. Uh, I say give it a look. Terry says only if you're a hard, hard. <sighs> Enjoy. To review six movies on *The Devil*, so it's Terry Troll's turn to rank and review these six movies that I force-fed him. I'm sorry you had such a hard time with *House of the Devil* and uh, and *The Exorcism of Emily Rose*, but uh, how did they how did they turn out? How low do we go with *House of the Devil*? I mean, I'm curious.
1: Well, it's, i if I could go lower, I would. That was definitely number six. Yawner couldn't wait for it to end, and when it did. Unsatisfactory yawn. Yawn. Number five was, uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose. Again, uh, Satan on trial for some reason, and apparently he loses because he's just not that good. You know, that's Hollywood for you. Number three, The Right. You know, uh, produced by the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church should not produce it gets a little tricky here it gets a little tricky and i have to go simply by production value and entertainment value number four prince of darkness love this movie i suggest to anyone sit down turn up the lights and uh enjoy Mm -hmm. number five the Exorcist. Wow. Only because there's a couple of things out of that movie that um, I, I felt was extraneous and wasn't serving it as much as it could have. But for I mean I mean it's it's what it is. But I still have to say number one, Evil Dead, simply because, and this is this is crucial. It's just wall-to-wall entertainment. And isn't that what a movie is supposed to be? You mean Prince just of Darkness?
0: Just... What? Sorry, I, I, I'm confused here. So, sorry, number six, uh, your least favorite. House of the Devil. House of the Devil, right? yes. Number five, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yes. Number four, The Right. Three is the... Or four, yeah, is the, the, the Right. right. Yeah. Uh, three...
1: Prince of Darkness... Two exorcists, Exorcist. and one evil one dead. Is evil okay. dead. Yeah. Because evil dead is just as far as uh, as me as a, as a filmmaker, just entertaining, and frankly, that's what a movie should be.
0: There. ha! We have very different lists. <laughs> um, I liked House of the Devil a lot more than you did, and I also, as much as I like Evil Dead, I uh, have to I have to take it in. In context with all of these other movies here, you're gonna get Gene mad at me. Unbelievable. <laughs> Number six for me actually was the right. I found our central character to be completely uninteresting. I thought it interesting that both the motivations of him and, uh, you know, his, his priest teachers were kind of highly questionable. And I found it leading into the, you know, over the top, I'm possessed Anthony Hopkins performance just didn't pay off for me, uh, particularly at all. <laughs> Um, number five, I will say House of the Devil. Uh, I like the movie. I mean, I I like most all of these (laughs) movies, actually. Uh, It's for a specific taste, perhaps. I know it wasn't to your liking, but I really like that they got the aesthetic of those old movies dead right for the most part, Uh, and they paid homage without winking. They made a horror movie that looked like an old movie without winking, and I appreciated uh, that of it. Uh, So, yeah, that's number five. Number four, I'm going to give, controversially, to Evil Dead. Um, the production value is low. The acting is low. The talent behind the camera is great. There's some good boo scares to it. It's a cult classic for a reason. I encourage people to watch it. It's an iconic classic. <laughs> number three, surprisingly, up uh, uh, to you, will be The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Um I found it interesting. I have never seen a horror movie slash legal procedural before and I thought it worked better than it did. I think that the nugget story that we're we're I wish I said
1: that was number six
0: now. (laughs) I think that the the nug the the shell of the story is sound. Uh I had some issues with the Laura Linney's character that said in the present, but I really enjoyed the the stuff that happened in the past and it worked well enough for me. Uh, number two would be John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. I, I This is one of those movies that for a while I thought I was like the only person that liked. It seems that the more years that go on, the more people who say, you know what, Prince of Darkness is a pretty damn decent movie. And I agree, it is a pretty well, damn I'm, decent uh, movie. Yes. And uh, I, I think that there's some stuff to think about there. And I'm not used to that in a John Carpenter movie. <laughs> <laughs> And like we were saying before, I mean, when John Carpenter is hot, he is hot. But when he is off the mark, mm. he misses by a good mile. Ghosts
1: of Mars, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. One of the worst movies of the
0: 90s. And number one, of course, The Exorcist. I mean, it's a classic. Uh It informed, like I said, pretty much all of the other movies in, in the selection. Oh, totally. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that it deserves... To, it deserves but its reputation as both a classic and as a scary fucking movie.
1: It's, it it let's let's take out horror as classifying this movie. Let's just say it's a really really good movie, and on very that, well done. On that, but but, but it did but it did give rise to movies like The Exorcism of Emily Rose. <laughs> so that takes away from that movie.
0: All right, uh, Terry and I took a moment to change into our tuxes, and uh, it's now time for the fourth annual Jerry's. Uh, we've only got three awards to give out. Annual? <laughs> yes. We've got three awards to give out, uh, and uh, I will list off the nominees, and as this is your episode, these Jerry's belong to you. You can award the recipients. So, yep. best death or scare moment in all of these films? We have the scientist character at first being stabbed about three dozen times. then Why becoming the crazy bag lady. Yeah, then yeah. becoming possessed. Then yelling out to all the other people they needed to pray for death mm-hmm. before melting into a puddle of writhing insects. his voice was all
1: like that. I have some bad news for you. <laughs> Uh, That was genuinely a really creepy, creepy moment out of Prince of Darkness. Mm -hmm. Because the framing of it was like that, and he's just that character. They're looking out out, of the window window, at him in the parking lot. Then all of a sudden, he just crumples. Because, of course, all these bugs have essentially hollowed him out.
0: It's also the moment where the rest of the characters realize they cannot leave oh, the totally. building. Yes. It's the turning point of the movie. Yeah. Uh, the first half of the movie, it's like slow build. Some people get edged off, but nobody knows anything wonky is going on. Or they
1: just don't get it yet.
0: This is the moment where the, yes. key, the, the key turns and the movie goes into high gear. They all see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh To give you another chance to take a, a hot wet shit on House of the Devil, <laughs> I <laughs> included the death of Greta Gerwig, the best friend character who parks in okay, the graveyard. Dude, that
1: that was out of the blue. It was in your face, and it's like going, whoa.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Wow. It's like, oh then yeah, I'm watching up, a horror movie. I'd and almost she Picks up her cigarette.
0: He takes her cigarette Just out, out of her dead it hand and up. starts smoking it. There's what? It a brain dick. everywhere. <laughs> And, then, and uh, then 45 minutes of nothing after that. <laughs> I'm glad that you liked at least one moment of the film. I got that out of you. Wow. And uh, my last nominee for Best Death uh, goes to Jason Miller from The Exorcist for his tumble down the stairs. <laughs> 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 uh, and you notice that at the end when he's holding that father's hand, his... His hand keeps slowly opening and closing Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you're not sure, kind of.
1: See, it's interesting because, you know, when he comes back in and there's Max von Sydow just lying on the ground, and then you realize, oh, my God. He's alone. (laughs) Yeah. Like like Captain Howdy has won. Yeah. Captain Howdy has won. How's he going to pull it out? And then he loses it, you know, and then for some reason, then it exchanges bodies and then whatever,
0: you know. But, yeah. It was a cool ending to a cool movie. So those are your three nominees. Uh, who's gonna take it? Bugman. Pri- Prince of Darkness. Bugman. Alright. Prince of Darkness winning its first Jerry. Exciting great, news, great, exciting great, news.
1: Great death. <laughs> and he's already dead. Yeah. You know, he's long gone,
0: you know. Uh, for best performance in these six movies. Uh, great, great actress, Ellen Bernstein, playing absolutely. a difficult role. Oh, absolutely. In The Exorcist.
1: And, uh, totally committed, uh, watching her. I mean, when she's, when she goes to Father Karras and, you know, is trying to talk to him about sort of things and then she tries to slide it and, 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 and wh- wh- who would you, who would you, Call about an exorcism. Yeah. it's
0: like right there. She doesn't even believe it herself. Yeah. it's interesting too because she's meeting in the park, but she's all incognito yes. because she's she's a celebrity. She doesn't want to be hassled. But I don't people. think it's I don't think it's
1: that. No, I think it's because she can't believe what she's just about to ask. Uh,
0: it's not an easy question to yes. ask. And, and the, the whole that whole scene right there, brilliant. Yeah, uh, Anthony Hopkins <laughs> for uh, for the right. You know you know what?
1: It it's I, again. There's all the effects going on with his face and whatnot and everything like that and 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 you you know it's uh, CG and whatnot and yet it's like going he he does a really good job of that I mean it is it's Tony Hopkins I mean that's what he does
0: I think the wheels went off in the last act but that's me (laughs) I don't know I like like I said I like him even at his most unhinged I'm just I'm
1: just talking about you know taking it totally out of context his being possessed
0: right enjoyed it. And uh to give you yet another chance to shit on <laughs> The House of the Devil, I nominated Tom Noonan, because he's my boy, and I just, I dig what the man does.
1: I'm weird, and I do weird things, and I'm tall, and I've done this for the past 30 years,
0: and... And we are both envious of his and, career. And, and pizza. Pizza. <laughs> Make sure you order pizza from call, the number on the call fridge. Call for Pizza. <laughs> I love it. He's like (laughs) screaming that I'm crazy and she's just like at a job interview trying to get the job. Doesn't matter how fucking crazy he behaves. She's like, okey dokey. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, those three performances, which would you give? (laughs) Ellen Bernstein. Ellen Bernstein. I kind of, I kind of guessed. I would, I would side with you on that actually. Okay. The last chair we're giving out. And uh the last little piece of my podcast here. Thank you so much for being here for Rank and Review Terry. I, I've enjoyed every moment. <laughs> uh, if you're not scared to, make can try this again. <laughs> you can go around, too. I'll try. I won't involve any Thai West. Uh, I, I understand you're not good for any movie that requires patience. God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> Uh We kind of doubled down on the what the fuck moments here because you put the prey for death.
1: Well... You know, I mean, or, or well, may, maybe more for like a, a really good line right. from a movie. And like you said, that right there is the moment where everyone that isn't possessed and still of their faculties yeah. realizes, whoops, we're now in, a bad situation. in some, some deep, weird, evil shit. Yeah. yeah. Just, just a great line.
0: Right. Um, the line uh, from The Exorcist where uh, Regan emulates the wow. voice of the director. Yes. calling Do you know what your canting daughter says? Uh, that
1: that was really disturbing.
0: Yeah. You know, because of course that's when her head
1: does a one eighty. Was that the same thing? Oh yeah 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 yeah. That's the one. Oh, yeah. Crack crack crack. Do you know what you? yeah yeah it's 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 horrific
0: and then we have the the mirror sequence sort of the, the climactic sequence going back
1: to uh, prince going of darkness back to prince of darkness you know it's like a what where did
0: that come from and yet it was so effective there's lots of pieces on the move here too we've got the possessed woman uh, calling out to the son of Satan or whatever. Which, of course, is all, like... She looks horrible. horrible. Yeah. And, and, of course, the the
1: character that played it, of course, is this, this really nice lady, yeah. and she's really great, and then just, just by accident... Yeah, she's the one yeah. that has to bring the nicest person of them all yeah. <laughs> into the world.
0: So we've got this meat grinder face of okay. uh, this really nice girl who was pregnant when she got possessed too, just to add a little extra sting, screaming and doing her stuff into the mirror. Yeah. We've got Donald Pleasant's pinned to the wall, yeah. r- sort of rambling, "Jesus God, where are you?" Yes. We've got uh, Simon, the <laughs> Jameson character, wrestling with a possessed zombie right. person, and, and then we've got. Uh, it's a good climax. Yeah, you know, all of these pieces sort of move into place and then and, the, and
1: then our heroine that realizes It's
0: time to take the jump. Yeah. This
1: is the, the only thing I have. Yeah. I, I can either let the world go to shit or I can deal with it myself, and then of course, trapped in the netherworld of evil, <laughs> it's like
0: it was a great ending. Yeah. Loved it. So is that your that's your pick then? Or? Yeah. yeah. The mirror actually. Right. That's a good that's a good I uh, thought you were gonna go with Counting Daughter.
1: <laughs> again creepy great creepy. moment too. but but i mean uh out of all the creepy moments of that film that's i'm just picking one that i really really thought was really creepy it's the first time reagan you know yeah. has a different voice you know that that of course that this demon can actually bring upon him it's like on yeah that's, that's pretty creepy pretty creepy. but no mirror
0: yeah mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Terry. I really appreciate you doing that. Thank this. you. <laughs> it's not just drama. thanks for the beer too. The beer actually helped. And, uh <laughs> just sign that check and then uh... Yeah, about that. Thank you for listening
1: to the fourth episode of Reggie Review.
0: Yep, that was Bedeviled with Terry Schroll. And now you know what it's like when someone who's not a hater meets somebody who is all about hate. No, seriously, uh, Terry Schroll was not playing a role. That is how he is every day of his life. Um, if you would like to write me, and if so, please do, you can do so at rankandreview at gmail.com. That is R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again.